0: Could Zach Evans be staying in school? And also, how do we adjust to this new world of college athletics that we're all living in? Stick around, find out. You are Locked On Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right. Thank you for joining the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Also, Thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. And just to let everybody know, we're trying to get to 3,000 subscribers by the end of the year. So if we get that before the bowl game, we will have a pregame live stream as a gift to you guys, as a Christmas present to you guys. Um, so that should be a lot of fun as well. So we're getting close. We're somewhere in the 70s, 60s at this moment. Subscribers, we're probably going to hit it. So we'll see what's up. Anyway, welcome to this new mercenary era of college football. What does that mean? And why is that bad? Because you have think pieces all over the place that tells you exactly why this is horrible. And Really, there's only one thing where there'd be adverse effects on your fanhood in college sports, and that is if you collect athletes, if if you overly hero-worship individuals as their attachment to your institution. It's the people that put the value on the uniforms instead of the uniforms putting the value on the people. That would be the scenario that would make this an adverse effect on your fanhood. And don't get me wrong for years, meet the Rebels day. They did whatever they could to get the team out there. So there would be an attachment to the players. So there'd be an attachment to the coaches. So as we've detached over the last, I mean, let's be real. This has started like 20 years in the making, but in the last five years, it's gotten serious. And us detaching kind of like, There was no Meet the Rebels this year, if you think about it. Those events that everybody used to have, the running of the gumps is going to go away. Things like that is going to stop. And honestly, that could be a good thing for your fanhood because that is going to put the emphasis back on the uniform to start with. The whole problem that they had was how do you attach them at an early age? But... Now, you get to be a fan a different way, in my opinion. I think now the emphasis is on the uniform, the actual Ole Miss. Not on the players, not on the coaches. The actual emphasis is on Ole Miss, which is a place that supposedly we all love. So there shouldn't be much pushback on that. And you can get in there, the different schemes and all the different players coming in and out every year this could be an exciting era of football if you allow it to be in my opinion because it has a ton to offer because i'm very much pro movement for college athletes i think they shouldn't have a one-time transfer they should have an anytime transfer to where if a kid wants to go and spend each of his four years of eligibility at a different location he should be able to because if you go into your sociology class and john's in there He can leave his job at Fred's, if that's even still a thing anymore, and go over to Family Dollar with no repercussions whatsoever. It's just a real-life thing. The reason they stopped the freedom of movement is to protect the coach's ability to make make and maintain a roster. But now that a coach is making $9 million a year, are we really concerned about how much work he has to do to maintain a roster? I mean, is his job just to make it right is not a problem that it exists. I mean, that's what he's there for. And you've got three triangles. It's it's like a triangle now um, between stakeholders at Ole Miss. You have the school itself all by itself. You have the coach and you have the players. All three of them are selfishly going in different directions, but they have to kind of pull the rope the same way to get the fan base to go along. So understand what's going to happen. They're going to want the fan base involved. They're going to play nice until they don't. And that really hasn't changed, the playing nice until it don't. Because, you know, when you're dealing with me, and I've always told you that I've followed college sports in a really weird way, and this was even before all of this happened, I've been a fan of Ole Miss for as long as i can remember and during that time there's been several different head coaches thousands of players and Ole Miss has always been the constant there there's always been player movement there's always been coaching movement that hasn't changed what's changed for people is the fact that the players now have freedom movement honestly and They're thinking of excuses in any ways that this could be a bad thing. But I don't think this is a bad thing. In my opinion, this could be a very much fun thing um, if you allow it to be. All the different styles and systems and all that meshing into a different player. If a player goes to Alabama, they were once stuck if they weren't a system fit. And you get there and you see you're not a system fit. You were stuck. It was going to cost you at minimum two years of your four years or five years of eligibility. Now they can go to another school where it's like, hey, we don't fit there. This is different. Let's see if we fit there. And you might have a situation where Otis Reese, who had trouble getting on the field against Georgia, goes over to Ole Miss and immediately becomes a defensive stalwart. Why? System fit. We play defense differently. That's the most important thing in recruiting. When you look at all of the different avenues in recruiting, fit is the most important one. And if you can do that and you can get in a place that fits right, all of a sudden you have a chance to be an All-American. For instance, um, we're going to talk about um, Santorin Perkins with John Garcia in the last segment of the show. But it's about fit. He is a prototype to take one of the box safety's roles and turn back into a linebacker. Your defense doesn't have to change at all, but all of a sudden you have a 230-pound man to get out there and this physics problem what they're dealing with. It's a perfect fit. It was It's an absolute match made in heaven. Him knowing that, instead of running over to Alabama, who plays defense a very particular way with what they're doing and how they do it, and the chance that they, he could get lost a little bit over there, doesn't maximize him. At Ole Miss, he can maximize who he is. Ole Miss gets the benefit of having a really good player that fits with what they're doing. He gets the ability to be the guy. He has a chance to be an All-American, All-SEC player. You're going to hear John Garcia talk about it. So understand that this is the new mercenary era of college football. It just is. But that doesn't mean it's bad. So don't, you know, all these silly think pieces and everything, it's very short-changed people. And they look at it to where, hey, this is different than the college football that I loved. And how do we get back to that? And they're going to complain about things over and over again because you can't get back to that. Make the best of where we are. This, this era could be a lot of fun if you allow it to be. If you don't, I can see where it could be a problem. Anyway, in the next segment, we're going to talk about the question, what if Zach Evans stays? I mean, that could be very interesting. What if Zach Evans stays? Anyway, this show today is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why... You have to check out the LinkedIn jobs to help out the right people for your team faster and for free. So create a LinkedIn profile. That's step one. You can go online and find out how you need to do it easily. Next, put the hashtag hiring frame on that um, profile to let everybody know that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience for you so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs, and number one, in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Alright, thank you for making the Locked On this podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Now, on Twitter today, on Twitter today, we asked the question you know, what if Zach Evans stays? And we've seen people like a Rebs Today is a Twitter account. And We're not saying that he's right, not saying that he's wrong or anything like that. But he did start a conversation with the fact that Zach Evans might be 50-50 on staying at Ole Miss or going pro, and that he is negotiating with the Grove Collective. And that, and that is very interesting to me. I, I'm an interested fan in all things of the Grove Collective, but – that war chest that we've been bragging about for several weeks, this is a chance for it to be put into use. So the question remains, why would Zach Evans stay at Ole Miss? And the answer is, he needs to prove that he can stay healthy, in my opinion. At TCU and um, at Ole Miss and all of this going on, he's had nicks and bumps and bruises and everything and hasn't shown to be extremely durable now Zach Evans unbelievable running back we told you for months that he was a Zach um he was a Adrian Peterson level talent and that is absolutely the case everybody's seen that now and sees what he brings he rushed for nearly a thousand yards on 150 carries this year he was just nicked up Quenshaw star stud nothing goes against Quenshaw he's a man. And we've talked about him all season, but Zach is a special back as well. Now, if he can prove and go through a 12-game season, even 200 carries, let's say, next year, he would have a chance to go into the NFL draft and get drafted in the second, third round, I think. Maybe a day-two selection. As opposed to right now, he's probably a fifth-round pick, a sixth-round pick. Now, he has all the tools, and he's going to be a combine monster, so he might move up that way. But if you just look at where running backs are taken, I think Alvin Kamara was a third- or fourth-round pick or something like that. I I don't know exactly where he hit, but for some reason, I think he was in the middle rounds. So, Zach Evans has a chance in the NFL to increase his stock. So why... Is the Grove Collective, according to that tweet, showing up? Well, if you get taken in the fifth round, is there enough money to be be made at Ole Miss to make up for where you're going to be drafted? Because they are going to know exactly the ballpark of what the average pay is for the fifth round, average pay for the sixth round. All Agents and everybody all know that. So we need to see if the Grove Collective can get it close enough to where that is worth it for him to take a year of wear and tear back in the SEC. Now, the other side of the coin of this, and keep this in mind as well. Zach Evans may look at this and say, hey, I've been pretty injury riddled. I might need to get to the league and get mine now. Because... Historically, I've not shown the ability to do it in a 12-game schedule, much less a 17-game schedule. And especially in a league that goes through running backs fairly quickly, if you look at it. So that might be the other side of what's going on. But it's a situation where I think Jack, Zach Evans could probably help himself if he stayed. Just do what you have to do. Go in, stay try to get up to that second, third-round pick, and then go pro. A decent year at Ole Miss next year could do that. It would also provide less wear and tear on Quinshawn Judkins. It would be a win-win situation. And you have a Jackson Dart that is likely going to be a different quarterback in year two. And I'm not saying he was a bad quarterback in year one. I'm talking about the offense and everything they ran. I think it's going to look a little bit different next year where they were 70% run this year, look for 60 next year. I think they are going to open up the offense and let Jackson cook, honestly. And I don't know if that's you know, a good thing, a bad thing. I don't know exactly how that's going to work out. I know Jackson has the talent to do it. I know he's got the backs behind him. I know that they need to find a tight end and a slot receiver for it to effectively work and um, some guys on the outside that are going to need to step up. Now, the one thing that you've noticed from Ole Miss is not many people have jumped into the transfer portal except for playing time issues, the, the guys that weren't really playing to begin with. So at to this point, Ole Miss has survived. And I, I use that word intentionally because you never know what's going to happen. I did a show yesterday that involved Eric All. Who was the starting tight end at Michigan, who is in the portal? Um, South Carolina is losing tight end after tight end. And North Carolina is going to lose Devin Leary, who is actually a really decent quarterback. So we'll see exactly how this goes as the Porter moves forward, because we are still probably about a week away from this getting really both ways. It's going to be all one way, and then it's going to go, it's going to be like a four lane highway going and standing in the median on I-55, and you'd have an idea of what this is going to look like. Um, but Zach Evans has a chance to completely change our needs in the running back room and to make it to where offensively it's like maybe an offensive lineman, tight end, slot receiver. That That's a need. And then just worry about the defensive side of the ball and getting bigger because that's a problem, the physics problem over there. That is an issue. And the size of Sunterine Perkins is absolutely going to help. You can see what they're going to do in the transfer portal that could help as well. I mean, this could be really interesting moving forward, and I'm pretty excited about it. Anyway, this show is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline is your number one source for all of your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends on every professional and amateur league out there From football to basketball to soccer to esports, we've got it all on betonline.net. If you look down below, you can see that Ole Miss is a four-point favorite with an over-under at 70 points. That's a lot of points, but we'll see how it goes. Um, The game is going to be at 8 o'clock Central on ESPN. This line is courtesy of BetOnline, as are all lines. It's the Texas Bowl from Houston, Texas. It should be pretty interesting. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. It's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. This is what we're doing. If we get to 3,000 subscriptions by the Texas Bowl, we are going to do a pregame live stream. So there it is. Subscribe to the channel um, and we're going to have all sorts of great content along the way like John Garcia that is here today. But before we get started, I do want to let thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor and allowing us to have John Garcia here. He's our locked on recruiting expert. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs Helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash locked on. College terms and conditions apply. John, thank you very much for coming back. How you doing, bud?
1: I'm doing well. Good to be back on with you. We're uh, getting getting closer over here.
0: Yeah, we're about two weeks out, depending on when you watch this video, between now and the early signing day. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. State championship games have come and gone. There's probably some places that still have games to play, but for Ole Miss's sake, it's pretty much come and gone. And Sutterine Perkins did everything but carry water in his state championship game. He ran for like 300 yards, the game ceiling interception, kind of a really impressive performance.
1: Yeah. Talk, talk about an exclamation point to wrap up mm-hmm. your, your high school career there at Raleigh high school. Uh, obviously, Uh, dominant performance on both sides of the ball to win that state championship. That interception was a diving interception, by the way. Uh, Just a a crazy performance that kind of reemphasizes why Perkins is such a big deal to lead this Ole Miss group of verbal commitments from a national standpoint, but also kind of reemphasizing why Alabama, Mississippi State, and others are still very much – Hot on his trail, Uh, but Perkins is saying all the right things right now about Ole Miss, which has got to make your audience very happy. Uh, He's a guy who's got instant impact potential. Reminds you a little bit of Harold Perkins, you know, coming out last year, freshman superstar at LSU as a linebacker, but really shined as a running back in high school. So those players who can play both ways and show those natural instincts on both sides of the ball often have a little bit of a, a leg up on the rest of the competition in terms of coming into college and playing right away. And obviously from a physical standpoint, Perkins fits that bill, six two, six three, two hundred twenty five plus 225-plus pounds right now. So he physically looks ready for college ball on top of that. But absolutely about a perfect way – to, to end your high school career. And, and again, he's saying the right things about Ole Miss. So twofold, uh, really big news coming out of uh, the state of Mississippi for uh, the highest ranked Ole Miss commit, I think across the board, certainly for us at SI, but across the board, you know, he's the guy that the class conversation starts with.
0: Yeah. And just between me and you, we're just, you know, me and a couple of friends, they're listening, but they won't tell anybody Ole Miss running a three, two, six on defense. And that, that is very widely known to everybody. Could Sunturine person Perkins come in for one of those box safety positions, the like the Ladarius Tennyson, um, the Otis Reese type position during the line, and essentially make it a three-three-five, but with all the flexibility of the three-two-six?
1: That that's the key part right there. Can you can you play a hybrid role? Uh, I think Perkins has that combination of physicality, athleticism and instinct. So we've seen it on display, certainly against the run throughout his high school career, but now as a senior, more impressive coverage ability that he's been able to show off. So yeah, I think there's a bit of a potential for that. Uh, He he just, Steven, it's like, no matter how, how it shakes out positionally for him, you just don't envision him staying off the field very long. So whether it's a hybrid role, or maybe it's for one of those, you know, conventional linebacker roles. I just don't see a path to to where he sits very long once he gets to Oxford for good. I think he's that physically ready, uh, and he's that versatile and balanced as just an overall athlete to kind of force his hand and, and make you play him somewhere.
0: Yeah, and I, I kind of put him as in the same category as Tony Connor. He's a little bit bigger than Tony. But the same type of an impact football player, when you watch him play, he's absolutely going to fit in somewhere at the next level. And if you get him right, you have a chance to be really special.
1: Yeah, this this could be an all-SEC, all-American type player before his old Miss career uh, comes to a close. So, again, huge to have won this recruitment early on, bigger to hold off uh, the rest of the schools coming after him. And I think those are part of the reasons why the expectations across the board – are very high on on Perkins, and obviously the last time we saw him play, he lived up to it and and then some, which is really hard to do nowadays.
0: Yeah, exactly. Let's move on to Marcel Reed, who, as far as the game goes and statistically goes, had an absolutely fantastic state championship game, but didn't actually win the game. Um, Whit Muschamp, a 2024 offer for Ole Miss, um, was able to pull that out for Baylor and um, Bryson Sanders, on the offensive line for that school. So it was an Ole Miss versus Ole Miss state championship game, but Marcel Reed showed a lot, showed a little bit, honestly, I'm not comparing him to Bryce young, but I'm going to say he's doing some things that you see Bryce do
1: pretty regularly. I'm glad you went there because there's a maturity that, that Reed is putting on tape as a senior. Everything is, is on the right track, right? Every year, statistically he's been more productive he's won more games so throughout his four years as a starter you've you've seen the the natural progression you want to see but towards the end of his senior year I think he hit another level way above that trajectory and it was very evident in that state title game as you mentioned five touchdown passes and there was so much confirmed like confident decision making from Reed in addition to the great physical gifts. And a lot of that did uh, prove itself outside of the pocket and with a ferocious pass rush in his face. So that's where you get some of that Bryce Young, I'm going to stand in there and make the throw anyway, or I'm going to buy a little bit more time. And even though I'm off balance and off script, I'm still going to deliver the ball exactly where it needs to be. Um, some of those plays were absolutely electric. I encourage all of you to to Google it and, and check it out. There's one in particular where he's got two defenders on him, scrambles to his left, his weak side, and hits a target at the back pylon of the end zone as if he was standing in the pocket and stepping into the throw, which he was not. So I think the natural arm talent is starting to show much more with Marcel Reed. And he kind of leaned into his athleticism more as a senior. Uh, I have the numbers in front of me here. Uh, every year he'd rush for a few hundred yards, right? So they always utilize his legs. But it hit another level this year, 944 yards, 15 rushing touchdowns, and obviously the ability to extend the play as a passer with that mobility. So um, over 40 total touchdowns. And even though he threw it more and was in control more, less turnovers, less interceptions despite almost uh, 40 more attempts as a senior compared to his junior season. So another Ole Miss recruit that is hitting the right notes at the very – end stage of his high school career. And it kind of inflates the opinion you have when they do get to to, to college, right? Uh, this is an experienced quarterback who's been through every element of the process uh, in a game and outside. And I think he's one that we're going to look back on and say was probably underrated in this Ole Miss class when all is said and done.
0: Yeah. Um, what What's the next step for him whenever he gets to Ole Miss in January? what What is going to be that next hurdle that he needs to get over to put himself as a solid backup to Jackson Dart in the fall.
1: Yeah. Well, I think physically he's going to need to get bigger. I mean, that's, he's probably been hearing that his whole life. He's, he's a baseball player. So he's a year round athlete. Now that he'll be able to focus, we think more specifically on football, he'll be able to add to what is a really nice six, two, six, three frame. So I think that's kind of step one for him physically. And then for every quarterback that's coming to, to play for Lane Kiffin, just that assimilation into the tempo that you're going to get. It's not just RPOs and bubble screens. It's the tempo that comes along with that. So we we know he's a great athlete. We know he's got great wind and he's in in great shape. But trying to translate that uh, on the field while leading and adjusting that your decision-making is is a different story. So I think in that regard, I think there's still room for Marcel to try to hit the ground running. But I do think from a physical and athletic standpoint, Stephen, this is – the heir apparent to Jackson Dart, as far as we can see it right now.
0: Yeah, unbelievably impressive. i followed him all um, his high school career. He's gotten better and better and better. And honestly, it's a shame that he did not make the Elite 11 this year in the finals. Yes. Um, because I, yes. I think it back, he deserved there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, before we get out of here, what are some news that you might have? I know that Ole Miss went in home with um, Dante Dowdle. I know that Ole Miss went to visit Caden Lee. Um, Anything that we need to know about?
1: Yeah, uh, those are biggest targets out there. Uh, Of course, Dowdle, the in-state running back, still committed to Oregon, uh, but there's a lot of confidence growing uh, elsewhere, particularly in SEC country, and Ole Miss has been at the forefront of, of that potential flip for quite a while. He was supposed to visit a couple weeks ago. They postponed it. So you wonder if he can get to campus this weekend or next weekend. That would be the next business item to check now that Ole Miss has gone and visited with him in person. And with Caden Lee, I think we're starting to get to to the end of the wire here. Um, It looked like a bigger field of schools involved, Oklahoma, Georgia, South Carolina, UCF, Ole Miss. I think that pool is starting to shrink. South Carolina and Ole Miss have already been in to see him. I'm starting to think – those two schools are, are going to be sitting in, in the best shape. Uh, Ole Miss, of course, long-time uh, uh, high school on, on his board, just took the official visit uh, towards the end of the season. And then South Carolina finished their season offensively about as well as anybody in the SEC, which is naturally going to increase their, their target range for some uh, skill position prospects. So Caden Lee is one that they've zeroed in on as well. So it could be an Ole Miss-South Carolina battle, which is not something we see every day on the recruiting trail. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports Today. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. John, thank you so much. We'll check back in next week and see if there's any
1: update, bud. Sounds good, Stephen. Thanks for having me. All right, man.